Welcome to Fellowship 1-7, a biblical podcast from Child Evangelism Fellowship for the Christian community. On this podcast, we discuss various biblical topics, passages, and truths, and how those truths have impacted the lives of people around the world. I'm your host, Elizabeth Griggs. Today, we will have Moses Estevez joining us, and we will be discussing the Triune Godhead. So, Moses, can you give us just a little bit of a background of your position here and uh, maybe your background in ministry? Sure. Uh, Currently, I serve as Executive Vice President of Child Evangelism Fellowship. I've been with CEF now 30 years. It'll be in December 30 years. Uh, I was born and raised in Portugal, and um, at age 9, I went to a camp where I got saved. And then at at age 17, at a Youth for Christ conference in Portugal, uh, I had a calling from the Lord for ministry. I went to Portuguese Bible Institute. It's a long story how in 1993 I landed um, here in Vermont to work uh, with CEF. And then in 98, we moved to Missouri uh, to serve the Lord here at headquarters. That's a neat history. I didn't know that side of things with your... Uh, coming to Christ at a young age. I see that a lot, I'm finding, with people Mm -hmm. who work in CEF, that they came to know Christ at a younger age and then just kind of flourished from there. Yes, a lot of those stories. Oh, yeah. And being from different countries, we see it going all over the place. Absolutely. Actually, I was just on on a call with some of our workers in Ukraine and they're doing so many camps. Mm -hmm. Uh, So camp is a very important thing in Europe. Yeah. Still today. And we reached thousands and thousands of kids for Christ in camps. And that's where I got saved at age nine. Yeah. And I think in the Impact magazine, either that or it's on the Harvest articles on our website, um, there's a short story about a boy at camp who witnessed Mm -hmm. God's forgiveness in his own life and felt it was important to go back to his home town and share it with his friends and change his life from there. So absolutely, very neat. I'm seeing the impact of camp, and I'd never been involved in a CEF camp before. So (laughs) that's kind of fun to witness and hear your your side of camp yes, as well. Yes, it's a blessing. It is. All right, so we're going to jump right into this. Uh, we're discussing the second statement of faith. So uh, the second statement of faith for CEF just says, the Godhead eternally exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one God having the same nature, attributes, and perfection. So what do you feel like it means for God to eternally exist as three persons? That's a great question. Well, I'd like to start by saying that the most difficult thing about the Christian concept of the Trinity is that there is no perfectly and completely way to understand it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Trinity is a concept that is impossible for any human being to fully understand, let alone alone explain. Uh, God is infinitely greater than we are, and so therefore we should not expect to be able to fully understand him. But the Bible teaches that the Father is God, that Jesus is God, and that the Holy Spirit is God. The Bible also teaches that there is only one God. Mm -hmm. Um, Though we can understand some facts about the, the relationship of the different persons of the Trinity to one another, ultimately, it is incomprehensible to the human mind, this concept. However, this does not mean that the Trinity is not true or that it's not based on the teachings of the Bible. So the Trinity is one God existing in three persons. Mm -hmm. Understand that this is not in any way suggesting three gods. That would be error. Keep in mind that 
when we study this subject that the word Trinity itself is not found in the scriptures. It's a, a term, a theological term, that is used to attempt to describe this triune God mm -hmm. that is uh, three coexisting, co-eternal persons who are God. So of real importance is that the concept represented by the word Trinity, the concept itself, does exist in the scriptures. And of course, there's many verses for example, Matthew 28:19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Also, John 17, 5. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. So there's many verses in the scriptures that uh, um, address these three persons that are one God. Right. Um, so... With that in mind, um, we also see that in our statement of faith, we reference um, God's nature, attribute, and perfection being the same across the triune Godhead. So we have you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, as referenced in Matthew. Do you think there's a way that we can define God's nature, attributes, and perfection? Or I guess, how can we define them or what bears witness to them? Sure. So Romans 1.20 says, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. This is a very powerful verse. God has made aspects of who he is evident to all humanity so that no one has an excuse for unbelief. So his invisible attributes, his eternal powers, divine nature have been clearly seen in creation. Actually, there's many places in the scripture where we told to look at creation to learn about God. Mm -hmm. One of those is, for example, Job chapter 12. We are told that the birds, the beasts, the earth itself, and the fish of the sea can all teach us about God and that he made them all. Also, a very known chapter in Psalm 19 says, The heavens themselves declare God's glory and proclaim the work of his hands. So the Bible draws a connection between God's creation and God's sovereign control. Since God created all things, he has authority over all things. So the biblical account of creation uh, provides this important foundation for us to understand who God is and his divine nature. And of course, God also reveals himself in the scriptures, uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3 and other passages. And through them, we understand that God has resolved our sin and guilt by grace through faith in, in Christ Jesus, Ephesians chapter 2. So God's invisible attributes seen in creation help us to know our need for God's grace mm -hmm. and where to look to find his provision of grace. Yeah, and I like how you pointed out that the creation story itself points that out. And I mean, you think about right. Genesis, just chapter one even, and God you know, speaking things into existence, that alone is testimony enough of mm -hmm. his divine nature and his perfection, because everything was made perfect in the beginning. So mm -hmm. I, like, I like how you pointed that out, because I think that's also key in understanding just a tiny portion of who God is. I mean, Absolutely, yes. 
at the very beginning of our podcast, you even pointed out that we can't fully understand him. Um, Being human, our mind can't wrap around that. So talking about that, does this really have any significance in a Christian's life or what significance would it have on a Christian's life? That's a great question because it does have a huge significance. Um, and I can think of a few things out of many things that the, the Trinity is working for our, on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things they work together, some things they work on their own. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, for example, the three persons of the Trinity work together in salvation. And we remember our, uh, the famous verse, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The next verse says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So God loves the world, sends his Son, and then it says that the world is saved through the Son. Mm-hmm. Later on in John 16, we read that concerning the Holy Spirit, when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. So God is providing the Son, uh, Jesus is saving the world, the Holy Spirit is giving conviction. So the three members of the Trinity are all working collectively together to bring us salvation. Yeah. Another example uh, is, for example, in, which is another mystery, which is intercession. And that is the fact that the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the Bible teaches, intercede for us on our behalf before the Father. We read about that in Romans chapter 8 and Hebrews chapter 7. They are praying for us. Uh, Again, we don't fully understand all that means, but we see them before the Father talking to God about us. What a beautiful concept for Christians to marvel in, to know that we are being cared for by this triune God. Another example is, uh, for example, the, the Holy Spirit is presented in the, in the scriptures as a comforter. He does many other things. I'm just picking that as an example. Right. For example, in Acts chapter 9, verse 31, we read, So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. How beautiful is that? Mm-hmm. That the Holy Spirit <clears throat> comforts the, the believers and minister to us. And of course, he's also counselor and does so many other things for us. But the Bible teaches that the Godhead is doing all kinds of work on our behalf. And it is of great encouragement for the believer to know that, to learn that, to worship God about that, to give thanks to God about that, and to be reminded of those things so that we don't fall into this idea that we're just alone in this world. No, God is with us. Yeah. Well, and I think um, with what you said with God, you know, providing the Son, the Son being the sacrifice for salvation, and then Holy Spirit coming uh, alongside that whole plan and being the comforter, Mm -hmm. the counselor, kind of goes into my next question with, you know, how do we teach this to children? Because our focus is children's ministry. So do we teach this to children? Well, obviously, if you're presenting the gospel, (laughs) you're sharing this mindset, this, you know, triune God and how he loves and cares for them. And this is the story of that 
you know, salvation plan. So do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Or Sure. Uh, yes, we do teach um, concerning the triune God to boys and girls. It's very important. And uh, we actually uh, use, we like to use songs with children. Yeah. And we have a phenomenal song that we call the Trinity Song, in which we actually teach the children with visuals these truths. Uh, even though they're hard to fully understand, they begin to understand the teaching of the scriptures and to receive it and, and believe it by faith. Uh, I, I will mention the, the, uh, some of those lyrics in a moment. Uh, what I'd like to say before that is, is sometimes people try to illustrate the Trinity. And especially when talking to children, then, then it seems like there's a greater desire to illustrate. And some of the more common illustrations is, for example, the egg, yeah. right? Uh, they might say, well, the Trinity is like the egg, has three parts, the shell, the white, and the yolk. Um, but I- these illustrations always fall short. Another one is, is the apple. The apple has the skin, the flesh, and the seeds. Um, and so there are parts of the apple, but they're not the apple itself. Well, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are not parts of God. Each of them is God. Mm-hmm. So these illustrations always fall apart, um, and they're very simplistic, obviously. The water is also a, a, another common one. Uh, it's a slightly better, but it still fails <laughs> to right. adequately describe the Trinity. So I've, I've heard people say, you know, it's, it's like Trinity is like the water. You know, the water exists in liquid, vapor, and ice, but it's all water. Well, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are not forms of God. Each of them is God. So while these illustrations might help a little bit get somewhat of a, of a picture the picture is not entirely accurate right. because we're describing our amazing infinite God that cannot be fully described by our limited minds. So we teach the children uh, about the triune God and, and about God the Father, God the Son, the God the Holy Spirit. And one of the things we like the, to, to do is to use a song. Now, I'm not going to sing for you, <laughs> but I do want to read some of the lyrics because I think it's quite powerful, and if, if the listeners are interested, they can go to cefpress.com and actually purchase the song and use it in their uh, children's ministries or perhaps their children grandchildren. The, the lyrics say, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, three in one. God the Father loves me so, gave his word so I would know. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, three in one. Now verse two, three in one and one in three God the Son, he died for me. For my sins, his blood he gave. Then he rose up from the grave. Three in one and one in three. God the Son, he died for me. And the last verse, verse three. Three in one and one in three. God the Spirit lives in me. Day by day, hour by hour, helps me witness by his power. Three in one and one in three. God the Spirit lives in me. So, yes, I believe it's very important to teach the children about this amazing triune God, even though it's a difficult concept, Mm -hmm. because little by little they will begin to understand, to have faith in this God, and to walk with this God. Uh, So, yeah, that truth is very important, not just for adult Christians, but for boys and girls as well. Right, I agree. Well, uh, we've run out of time for today, but I did want to say thank you for joining us. It has been a pleasure talking with you and picking your brain and getting to see your perspective on this, uh, especially tying it back into kids and how 
you know, this is something they need to know if they're mm-hmm. truly going to have a relationship with God. Uh, if you want to learn more about who CEF is and what we believe, you can visit cefonline.com slash about. This will also be linked in the show notes. Be sure to check out Unite Kids Radio, where we unite kids with the gospel through adventures and foundational biblical truths. Give us a like and subscribe to keep up to date on both this podcast and our kids program. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.